0: Welcome to John 316 Ministries Podcast. I am Jalen, your host. Today we've decided, i decided to take a bigger approach in the podcast and I've decided to really do something and talk about something that I too struggle with, that I too have not perfected in my walk with God. And that is why I have chosen to discuss relationships. Because the relationship that Christians have, with Jesus can vary greatly from person to person. Just because you're a new Christian, doesn't necessarily mean that you have that deep relationship with Jesus that you want. Christians who have been Christians for many years may not have that relationship that they want. And so we're gonna discuss that today. A living and intimate relationship with Jesus, for some Christians is a relationship with Jesus consists of praying to him when they feel like it, and when they are going through something tough, when they they sometimes go to church on Sundays, and that's it. And God doesn't want that for us. They allow Jesus to be a sacrifice for their sins, but the relationship with him stops there. Jesus should be an example to follow, and we should try our best to live our lives as close to him as we can, to be like him, have faith like he does to trust the way he trusts. I don't know how many of you are married or are with somebody, but our relationship with our partners should be the same way. We should respect our partners to love them the way Jesus loves us. Men should be spiritual leaders in the relationship. Men, you are the initiators. You start the family Bible studies, the the family prayer time. You serve together, worship together. Men set the examples for their families, and I am going to repeat that. Men set the examples for their families. Together, we are to be Christ-like. That means don't go to bed angry. I don't know how many of you guys sometimes do that. You think, oh, I have to work in the morning, and I don't want to talk about it right now. Don't go to bed angry. That is Satan's time to grab a hold of you and to twist the argument to make you angrier the next day. And sometimes you do, you wake up and you're angry and you're like, why God, why am I angry? And if you had an argument the next, the day before, sometimes that's it. Sometimes we don't realize how those problems linger on in our lives and they do. So don't do that. Don't go to bed angry. Talk about it, find a compromise. And sometimes in our heads, we think the argument is so much bigger than in reality. And when that happens, sometimes we need to take a break to, and I am not mean separate, but take time away from each other. Rather, it's you go for a walk without your spouse. Rather, you're in different rooms, but you're separated enough that you guys can calm down. And then when you're ready to talk, and I mean don't talk aggravated or have that kind of tone in your voice, but to talk calmly. And whenever you do that, you don't realize, so sometimes... You don't even remember what the argument's about. And uh, that's happened to uh, me and my husband a number of times. I I get ing- easily, I, ingly, I mean easily, I get easily angered. And so sometimes if I'm having a real bad day, I just, I'm hard to talk to in those moments. And uh, my husband is one, I get so mad at him for not listening. I don't know if you guys have men like that. They just do not listen. Mine is like that. And so I get so mad. I'm like, why didn't you not listen to me when I said do the dishes? And he's like, well, I, I don't know. I, I I, guess I just don't want to do the dishes. And I'm like, you should have done the dishes. And I, I get so mad and aggravated. And then the argument just twists into something bigger. And in those moments when that happens, you, just, you start saying things you don't mean. And that argument that was so little to start with has turned into something so much bigger and God doesn't want that for us. He doesn't want us to have those kinds of issues, to be so angry with each other like that. And so when me and my husband first got married, we never cooled off. We never took that time to pray and to reflect on things that were going on. We just spiraled it and spiraled it until it got to the point where we just could not compromise on anything. We could not talk without getting so mad at each other. And then when we really took God seriously, when we really allowed God in our lives and changed us for the better, he changed our marriage. We found a balance and that meant my husband had to learn how to let me be for an hour or two hours or however long it took, he had to let me be. And I had to do the same for him. It wasn't, well, I'm gonna talk because I'm ready to talk or he's gonna do the same. It's, we had to find a balance that worked For not only me, but it worked for him as well. And that means praying together. And that means before you really, and I mean really want to discuss what is going on, before you take the time to start talking about it, pray. Ask God to heal you, to heal your relationship, to help you solve your relationship. If you still remember what you're arguing about. Because for me, my husband, we do not. We just forget about it. And I think that's God working in us. Because if we remembered, who knows what would have happened. And so we had to learn to find that balance in each other. We've had to learn what to do and what not to talk. And it's really made us a lot better, I feel like. And our relationship, not only to each other, is better with God. You know, he's our main foundation. And I can't thank God enough for what he's done in my marriage. And you guys can have that too. You guys can have that. You just have to learn how to talk to each other and sometimes that's not easy, but God knows and he will help you just like he helped me too. Our relationship with our partners can sometimes be better than our relationship with Jesus. And that is why I wanted to talk about relationships, not only with God, but with our partners because sometimes our relationships with our partners get so consumed and we build it and build it and build it that our relationship with God becomes non-existent, and that's not what God wants. He wants us to have that balance where we love our partners, like God loves us, and but well, we really gotta love God more because God created us, and because of God, we found our partners. You know, we're blessed, and so that's when we really have to focus, and that's when we really have to understand who is more important in our lives. Is it our partners? Or is it God? Because we all know the real answer should be God. God should not be non-existent in our lives. He should be the foundation for us. He should be the person we go to when we're hurting, when we have had an argument with our partners and need someone to talk to. He should be our first and biggest priority in life. The one we go to, the one we go to for anything, that should be God. And I cannot stress that enough because if he, if God is not that person for you you can fix it you can build it if you really want to and that's the that's the big question for today is where do you want your relationship with God to be do you have that fiery passion for him where you just you want to shout it from the rooftops and you're so excited and you you love him because if you don't have that kind of passion for God then we have to ask ourselves who or what consumes your thoughts more? Is it God? Is it whatever's going on in your life in that moment? Is it your partner? Your family? Who or what consumes your thoughts more? Because I know life can be overwhelming and challenging and sometimes you feel like you can't catch up. You feel like you're drowning. You know, I know that feeling. I know exactly what that feels like. I have Times where I felt like that myself. And here's the thing. We gotta give it to God. Don't give up. Don't just throw, give up a relationship with God because you feel that way, because you're struggling. Don't give up on God. Give God those thoughts. Whatever you're, you're going through, whatever burdens you're holding on to, give it to God. Because, and here's our next step, it's a part of getting to know God and building that relationship with him. It's trusting him. If we can't trust him with our thoughts and problems, then how can we build a proper relationship with him? Because truth is, we cannot. We can't build that proper relationship if we don't have that trust for him. And I know that trust can be a big thing for people. Sometimes, I don't know if you're for those people who have the trust issues and you just, you can't trust anybody because of what you've been through. Here's the thing, God didn't hurt you. And I know some of you may heavenly disagree with me on that. But God didn't hurt you. The world hurts you. And the world has given you those trust issues and those problems and those burdens that you're weighing on your heart. But with God, if you really build that relationship, that love for Him, we know that God is there for us every moment of our lives, every second of every day. He's holding on to us. He's there with us. He's with us all the time, constantly. I can't stress enough about how often He's with us. But God did not hurt you. And, you know, growing up for me, that was something that I struggled with. I thought, well, if all these things are happening in my life, why? and who can I blame for them? And I did. I blamed God for so many things that today I can't even remember anymore because of how I've had to learn how to let it go and stop burdening me. But I did. I blamed God. And I wholeheartedly blame myself because I thought, well, why would I blame God? Why? Why is it because I had to have someone to blame? Is it because I didn't know who else to blame? And the truth is, is I've had to learn that I had to blame the world for what was going on. I had to blame myself because I caused a lot of the things that happened, you know, like, whenever I was younger, very, not really very young. was in my teenage years. But I decided that I was a big girl and I could go drinking because, well, why not? And I did. And it got to the point where I almost had to go to the hospital to have my stomach pumped out because I was so drunk. And it was because of everything that was going on in my life. I had an ex that I was fighting with and this other guy that was chasing after me. I had so many things going on. And I thought, who else to blame? Not me. Not irrational me. No, I blame God because all this stuff was going on. No, it was my fault it was my fault because I caused those messages because I did those things. I let people influence me who should not have influenced me. I let people get into my head who should not have God in my head. And I let Satan derail my relationship with God because I was selfish and angered and didn't know who to talk to whenever I actually had a person I could talk to and that was God. The world is so evil and cruel to us, but God, He's there with us. He holds us and he loves us so much. We just had to put our trust into him because he didn't promise an easy life for us. He didn't promise easy times if we trusted in him. He told us how hard things were going to be. He told us how cruel the world is because the world is cursed with sin and death. And God didn't want that for us. But because Satan got a big head on his shoulders and decided to talk Adam and Eve into eating the fruit of good and evil, Now we're here, but with God, we can fix it if we build a better relationship with him. Because just like Daniel in the Bible, Daniel trusted Jesus. He trusted his God, his living and breathing God. And so let's talk about that story. There was Daniel exiled in Babylon and serving the king, excelling in his duties and getting promoted because of it. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Daniel six three talks about now Daniel so distinguished himself among the in- in- I cannot talk today administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. We are all in agreement with administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. Now Daniel 6-7 says, The royal administrators, sad satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human before during the next 30 days, except you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the den of lions. Now, meanwhile, what was Daniel up to? But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt as usual in his upstairs room with its window open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done to his God. Notice how Daniel didn't start praying until the cover of night, or close his window so nobody could see him praying, or reduce his time with God to one daily prayer in the early morning before anyone else was up. Instead, he continued doing exactly what he'd been doing all along, praying and trusting God. Daniel's punishment for trusting God in hard times. Unsurprisingly, the haters reported Daniel to the king, who, to his credit, became very upset that Daniel was in trouble. After all, Daniel was, in, was his obvious favorite. If he planned to give him responsibility for his empire, which makes you wonder why didn't he check with Daniel before signing that stupid degree in the first place? Still, no matter how upset he was about it, the king had signed an irreversible decree, and the haters wasted no time reminding him of that fact. So, the king left with no choice, threw Daniel into the lion's den, and even as he did it, the king said, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. So, the following morning, before the sun was even a glow on the horizon, The king was back at the lion's den, checking to see if Daniel had made it. And Daniel's response, when the king called out to him, Long live the king! My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. God honored Daniel's faithfulness and trusting during this difficult times, that could have costed him his life. The result of Daniel's trust in God is a twist of divine justice. The haters got what they deserved. Unfortunately, their entire families had to pay for their maliciousness. I cannot talk. More importantly, though, the king sent out a new mandate I decree that anyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. And that's how Daniel's trust in God during those hard times, instead of fearing the haters, resulted in God's glory throughout the reign of two kings of Persia. A part of having a relationship with God is trusting in God, being patient when we pray, trusting that he will answer our prayers, not in the way that we want him to, but in the way that they are meant to be answered. We have to remember that it's his way, okay? You know, I have had moments in my life where I thought, well, I'll pray and then God will answer the prayer the way that I want him to because that's how we think it should happen. But in reality, it's really not that way at all. It's God will answer them in the way that they are meant to be answered, in the way that they're meant to happen when they are meant to happen. And that doesn't mean right away that sometimes we feel like it should happen. It's with time, with the proper time, things will happen the way that they're supposed to. And I, I forget that sometimes. I think that, I don't know if it's because of how bad I want that prayer answered or if it's because I think I deserve for that prayer to be answered that way. But the fact is, that's not how it happens. God's timing is perfect. And I know that when the time comes that he answers my prayers, it'll happen the way it's supposed to, perfect. And sometimes prayers are answered And they're happening, but because we don't think that should happen that way. We miss it. And that's, that's real, that's bad because the way that he answers prayers is so perfect. And we miss it because we have our blinders on. And instead of taking him off and trusting him and his time, instead of trusting our relationship with him, we miss it. And that's not how God wants us to, that's not how God wants it to happen at all. Because the Bible speaks of an intimate and dynamic relationship with Jesus. He is, after all, a person. Not just a theological concept. Not someone who lived and walked the earth. But he is a person. Because we forget, I don't know if we forget because he's far away, but because, or we forget that he was even alive at all. But he himself was tempted, just like we are. And he overcame sin and death. Because of his faithfulness, he has all the power and grace to help you overcome sin in your life. And that means your relationship with him can be full of life, not just something lifeless and stagnant because he himself is alive and we have to choose him. We have to wholeheartedly choose him, choose him the way he has chosen us. And I know I talk about that a lot in my podcast, but it's because I can't stress it enough, you know? We think as Christians that things should happen the way we want them to. Our life should be the way that we want it to, you know. Rather it's going to church every single Sunday and Wednesday and not reading the Bible and praying at home or doing Bible study. Or it's we can go to church when we feel like it or whenever it's convenient for us. But that's not the matter. That's not what God says. And when we choose him and we choose him with our whole heart, we see the changes happen within us, and it's because of Him. But if you're a lukewarm Christian, if you're the type of person that goes when you feel like it, that doesn't wholeheartedly give your life to God, doesn't choo- you don't choose Him, that's whenever you realize that your relationship with God is wholeheartedly one-sided, and that is not how God wants it. He wants us to choose Him, to be faithful, to do- dedicate our lives to Him, and to help other believers believe the fact is that you decided yourself that you want a relationship you want to have with jesus you choose to believe that an intimate relationship with jesus is possible before you can enter such a relationship for everything spiritually speaking is a product of one's faith a relationship with jesus is not one-sided jesus makes that clear when he says if anyone loves me he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. That's John 14, 23. Just think that Jesus and the father want to come and make their home with you. Is that, is that too much to ask? By choosing him, we choose what parts of the Bible we want to live by. We either choose to live by the whole Bible or we don't live by the Bible at all. And that means keeping his commandments. He gives us the commandments not to break, but because we feel like, because we are Christians, we don't have to keep the commandments that, no, I I don't feel like it today. I I think that I can go to church and pray and that God will just forgive me and for my sins. If I repent, I'll be forgiven and I don't have to learn from my mistakes. Speaking from the mind, we cannot do that. That's not what God asks us to either. We live by the whole Bible and we really wholeheartedly live by the whole Bible or we don't. This is not a if we feel like a type of thing. As Christians, we shall not have other gods before me. You shall not make unto thee any graven image. You shall not take thy name of the Lord God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. To covet means to feel inordinate desire for what belongs to another. Basically, meaning not to want what someone else has, and that can be speaking of clothes. Right? Sometimes we see someone walking down the street, we think, man. I like that shirt, I want it. Or, man, that person drives a nice car, I want it. When we say the things that I want that someone else has, that is number 10 on the commandment list of what not to do. And it's hard. I completely understand because it is a struggle for me too. You know, my human, the human in me is like automatically thinks, I like it, I want it, and. That's whenever it all spirals from there. And it's something that is very hard to break. But building my relationship with God, it's made it a lot easier. Because I know in God's time that I'll have nice things too. And God has blessed me with so many nice things that I should be grateful. But the human in us is not grateful. And that's hard. But it is true. By keeping God's commandments, we are building our relationship with Him. Ever heard of a saying, you can walk, not run? I probably did not say that correctly. But what it means is that building a relationship with Jesus is a process. If we try to rush the process, then we don't build the proper steps that we need to be successful. If we build a foundation and forget to let the foundation set, then chances are we are going to ruin that foundation and have to redo it. In my husband's terms, it is trash. And so... Just like our relationship with our partner, if we don't, ch- if we choose to ignore all the red flags that we have seen early on, but still marry them anyways, and later wonder what in the world is he doing, and notice all the red flags that we ignored earlier on, we can't get mad because we ignored them. We chose them, and we married them in spite of the red flags that God has given us. That's a broken foundation that has to be refixed and rebuilt, and yes, That can be fixed and rebuilt with time and prayer. But I use that example because on social media, and I see a lot of this, and it happens. We've all done it. You know, we're never gonna find the absolute perfect person that we wanna find, right? God gives us a person, you know, God gives us our spouse, and we love them, but they're gonna have red flags. And, you know, the person that God gives us, you know, we expect perfection. We expect them to have every little thing and all the quirks to be ringed out and all that. No, the person that God gives you is a person who too is broken and needs fixed because as Christians, we're all broken and we're all in need and saving. That's why we need God. God's not after the perfect people. And that's why we can't expect our partners to be perfect either. You know, my partner, I can tell you time and time again, he is not a perfect person at all. And I can't expect him to be that perfect person. But together, we work together to build each other up. And not in the way that we want each other to be, but in the way that God wants us to be. And over time, those quirks get fixed and we turn into better people. And over time, our foundation is built together. But we can't forget God. You know, we can't forget God in any of these equations. Because if we do, it's not going to work out. And we can't expect it to work out because we think, oh, I don't need God. That's the problem. If, if you say you do not need God, it's not going to work. And you may think, well, we've been together for 30 plus years and it's all perfect and fine and dandy. Yes. Yes. It may be perfect to you. But truth of the matter is, is that with God and as your foundation, you build a stronger, a happier marriage. And you're happy, you know. God doesn't tell us everything will be perfect, that we are not going to have struggles. And I can't stress that because we are going to have struggles here on earth. But with Jesus, with him, our foundation is going to be so much better, stronger than ever. And over time, you know, we tend to forget these things. We tend to let them go. We think, oh man, you know, here we are again. God's got this. He's got your marriage. He's got you. He's got your family. You just have to wholeheartedly trust him and trust the process and work the process properly. With steps, don't run. Don't think that you have to rush everything. Don't think that you have to put everything together and expect it to just all work out. Poof, done. No, do it slowly with steps. And over time, these steps become a routine that's building your foundation and your walk with God. Your relationship is so much better and you may not realize it, But one day you will. And one day you'll see how hard your work is paid off. And I can promise you, you're going to be so much happier with it. You know, have you ever thought that Jesus wants to man himself, to reveal himself to you? That promise is given to those who love him and keep his commandments. So such a revelation of Jesus is to occur throughout your life as a Christian. And not only at the beginning of your relationship, but the beginning of your Christian life. And a big part of it is having to fellowship with him if you choose to fulfill these conditions jesus will become a beloved friend your best friend whom you can have a fellowship with daily he will not be far away from you but rather lives and speaks in your heart and mind through the holy spirit there will be an ongoing dialogue with him whom you love and follow he is not only your friend the one who understands what it's like to be tempted and can therefore help you in your time of need because he understands he's a source of wisdom and encouragement and therefore a source of strength in the time of temptation he is your savior and not only from the penalty of sin but also from its power in your life daily that is how we experience Jesus he ha- he can have compassion on the weak because he has experienced human weakness with himself prophetic spirit of Jesus speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort right to your human spirit and you will sense that you are powerfully strengthened. Having a fellowship with Jesus is a lot of work and we must keep building that relationship with him. Working at it each and every day. We can't get lazy and think well I don't need to today or I'm tired. That's my favorite one. I don't feel like it. Sound familiar? Those are excuses that crack our foundation and hurt our relationship with Jesus. All our hard work must be restarted. If you, if we want to feel strengthened by him and hear him and feel him, we must do the work and do the work with heart. Like I've said before, we don't want to be lukewarm Christians that go to church when we feel like it Christians. We want to be the ones that draw him close. The Bible words that you have read and heard and spoken so many times before will suddenly become alive to you. You can remember them without even realizing that you remember them. That is something that I struggle with daily as I am not a perfect Christian. The things that I talk about on the podcast are things that I have personally must work on myself. I would be lying to say that my walk with God is perfect. That I would be lying to say my relationship with God is doesn't need work. The dry verses that have had little meaning before will become so full of power to live the life that Jesus lived. You will sense that a spirit of revelation speaks to your inner person and you will understand the word of God and your own life will be very different as a result because the faith will be born in your heart at a deeper level. With each revelation of over the world, As your strength grows, so does the power of the Spirit in your life. And so you can follow Jesus' footsteps even more. All of this comes with hard work and dedication. And I can promise you that you can get there. You can get there and you can have that kind of relationship with Jesus. At an increasingly deep relationship with Him. And that relationship will be the relationship that you did. You worked for And because you worked for it, it will happen for you. You just have to want it. Relationship with die with people are dynamic and that they often change and can and they also grow deeper. So it is also with your relationship with Jesus, just as God mercies are now every morning. Your relationship with Jesus can also be new and alive every morning if you want it. So that relationship becomes deeper as your love for him increases. And as your love for your own life decreases. You know, we don't want we shouldn't love our life the way it is now we should want a deeper relationship with god we should want to keep on pushing for a better relationship with him you know if you're happy with the way your life is now you're saying that you don't want that relationship with him that you don't want to dig in deeper into his word because if you're happy with things now you're forgetting how better they could be if you work for it you know you don't have to settle for what your life is like right now you don't have to settle And I'm not telling you to settle. I'm telling you to dig in God's word and build that love for him. Because the love that he can give us, the love that he has in our life has more meaning. Our lives have more meaning because of him. And that's where we live a whole new, better life. And That's where things change for us completely. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. And he with me, Revelations 3.20. And hence the word anyone. And doesn't anyone include you? Doesn't anyone include anybody? He says anyone because he wants you. He wants you to dine with him. He wants you to be with him if you accept him into your life. Maybe you became a Christian long ago, but have never really experienced an intimate relationship with Jesus. Do you sense him knocking? Do you sense him banging on that door wanting you to answer and that door is meaning your heart He is knocking at your heart invite him into your heart and invite him with your whole heart not let him in half your heart where he's there but your actual life the world is on the other half I mean your whole heart. Blessed are you if he rec- if you believe in Jesus' words open the door of your heart and invites him in as Lord and master. If you do this, if you obey his word in your life, you will experience what it is to have Jesus alive and dwelling in your heart. You'll experience an intimate relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And might I say, not only will your life be better, but your marriage will be better. Your family life will change because of him, because of his love for you. And he doesn't want us to settle with a stagnant life, but he wants us to accept him and build that relationship with him because he loves us and he wants that for us. And I can promise you right now that if you do this, your life will be so much better. And that's where... We have to really understand that the world isn't meant for Christians. The way we're living now is not meant for Christians. And it is hard. And it is very, very frustrating. But it is the best kind of life you could ever live. And that's why I'm saying this to you today. That's why I've talked about relationship with you today. Because God calls us to do so many great things with our lives. And as hard as it is and as challenging as it is, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding when we truly believe in a God who is there for us. We may not see him. But that's where faith comes in. That's where having faith and trusting that he knows what's best for us. It's, tr- it's getting out of our own heads saying, God, I don't know your plans for me, but I know that your plans are better than what my plans are right now. That's where you have to understand that we don't know what's best for us. We really don't. And we're not meant to. Because God gives us a path. And once we follow the path that he has for us, our lives are so much better. There's so many new possibilities that you didn't think you could do. You know, in a million years, I would have never said that I would be a podcaster. But here I am today. And I'm not that kind of person. I am not the kind of person that talks and does these kind of things. Because growing up, I was a very shy person. And... Here God is opening a door of possibilities. And this became a possibility that in my own life, I'd have never thought I could do. And he has the same thing for you. He really does. And so pray about it. Really ask him into your heart. And I will pray for you too. I will pray that God gives you this message to hear so that you know that you don't have to be alone because you're not. You're never alone because God's with you. We're all with you. And we're a community of people who struggle just like you do. So that is it for today, guys. I am so thankful. I, I'm so blessed to have the community that I have, guys. I thank you so much. And I pray for each and every one of you that you really let God in and accept Him. And let Him change your life for the better because He will. I can promise you that. So with John three sixteen Ministries, we have so many changes coming that I cannot wait to announce to all of you. and. I will soon, so hang tight. Please follow us and like us and share our message because we love you all and we are so blessed. And thank you and have a great night.